Welcome to Main Thing Radio with Robert Fountain, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach, in Miami Beach, Florida. Join us as Robert teaches through God's Word. spots we call them blind spots because we don't see them we're blind to them and and you know what some of you are blind to how you treat your your brothers and sisters in Christ and you will suffer for that and so if 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 you're being convicted be grateful that God is bringing this to your attention he Paul says to the Corinthians he says you know when you come together in one place it's not to eat the Lord's supper Today, Pastor Robert will remind you that blind spots are called blind spots because you are blind to them. (laughs) Now, that seems simple, doesn't it? It's easier to say that than to live it. It's easy to become oblivious to how you treat people. Pastor Robert will encourage you to treat others the way that you would want to be treated, in the workplace, at school, and at home. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 11 with today's edition of Main Thing Radio. I'd love to be able to just dissect the whole chapter with you again, but I encourage you to maybe get the CD where we did it, you know, months and months and months ago now. But beginning at verse 9... Paul writing to the Christians there in in Rome, he said, let love be without hypocrisy. Is your love without hypocrisy? I mean, are you you living out your love for the people around you? Is it real? He says, abhor what is evil. Reject it, in other words. Cling to what is good. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love. In honor, giving preference to one another. See, that's that principle. Not lagging in diligence. Fervent in spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Patient in tribulation. Continuing steadfastly in prayer. Distributing to the needs of the saints. In other words, your Christian family. He's not talking about, you know, St. Peter and, you know. He's talking about your brother, the person sitting next to you. If they have needs, you have a responsibility given to hospitality. And and he goes goes on. But, But this is biblical Christianity put into practice. But the key phrase I want you to notice, in honor, giving preference to one another. In honor, preferring your brother, putting them first rather than you rushing to the head of the line, you stand back and wait. When I first became a Christian, I'm so grateful. Apparently, I must have had some of this that needed to be, like, you know, beat out of me or something, because my first pastor 
pull me aside in a little church of about 40 people maybe, and every Sunday we had lunch together. Every Sunday people brought food and, and we had lunch and just had a great time. And One Sunday he, he pulled me aside and, and he said, you know, there's not as much food as normal, so would you wait with me and let's make sure everybody else eats before we get ours? And I said, yeah, sure. Now, I don't know if he singled me out because he saw I was the first one in line every Sunday or... You see what I mean? Blind spots. We call them blind spots because we don't see them. We're blind to them. And, and you know what? Some of you are blind to how you treat your, your brothers and sisters in Christ. And you will suffer for that. And so if, if, if you're being convicted, be grateful that God is bringing this to your attention. He, Paul says to the Corinthians, he says, you know, when you come together in one place... It's not to eat the Lord's Supper. Why do I say that? Well, because in eating, each one takes his own supper ahead of others. And one is hungry and another is drunk. People were getting drunk at church. And yes, that is what the word means. I looked it up to be sure. They were literally getting drunk at church. They, some, were, some were not, you know, they were leaving hungry. And some of the people who were leaving hungry needed the nourishment how do I know that? The next statement, verse 22, he says, don't you have houses to eat and drink in? Or do you despise the church of God? He's not talking about the building. He's talking about the family. Do you shame those who have nothing? Remember the early church, the, the early culture, I mean, Corinthian society, Roman society was, was made up mostly of slaves. There were a lot more slaves than free people. And what Paul is drawing to their attention is like some of you guys, you, you, you don't even need to eat this meal. And, and yet you're the very ones indulging yourselves while these who have nothing are, and I'm reading between the lines a little bit, probably embarrassed to let you know how little they have. And so they're not going to rush forward because they don't want to appear to be, you know, needy while you who are not needy rush forward because you're selfish. And Paul implies that that's despicable behavior. Can you see that? Don't get mad at me. I didn't write the book. I'm just reading it to you. Because some of you behave like this. You don't even realize that you put yourself first, you put yourself ahead, you're parading yourself, you're puffed up, you envy other people. And, and he's saying, you know, come on. That's not Christ-like. That's not loving. It's not what he has for you. He says, I receive from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. That on the very night Jesus was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it when he had given thanks. What a statement. What was Jesus giving thanks for? Provision? Yeah. Because that's what we do, right? I encourage you, don't say a blessing. Give thanks. If he doesn't provide it, you won't have it to eat. Thank him for it. Second thing I believe he was giving thanks for was the privilege. The privilege. In Hebrews chapter 12, verse 2, the Bible tells us that Jesus endured the cross 
despising, rejecting, just not considering the shame of it because of the joy that was set before him. He did what he did because of the joy that was in front of him. In other words, he knew that he would experience joy as a result of enduring what he was about to endure. How can that be? What, what, was, what, what is that all about? Look at John chapter 15 with me. I've shared with you before that this is such a key principle in Scripture. It's such a key to understanding the, the blessings and the benefits of following Jesus Christ and having His Spirit living inside you. John chapter 15, verse 11. Jesus is our example in this issue of living selflessly and living sacrificially and preferring one another, being patient with one another. John 15, 11, Jesus said, These things I've spoken to you, that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I've loved you. Now, now listen, we talked about this before. If you weren't here, please, you need to get that CD too and listen to it. John chapter 15 is just packed. Your father wants you to experience fullness of joy. He wants you fulfilled. And his message to you and to me is that our human tendency is to go about it all wrong. We try to take it. Push ourselves forward. Make it happen. Put ourselves in front. Prioritize our own personal kingdoms. And he says, you'll, you'll never get there that way. You'll never find the fulfillment. You'll never find the joy. You'll never, you'll never get there. You may get a lot of stuff, but it won't make you happy. You'll never get there that way. The way you get there is by surrendering. It's by loving. It's by choosing your brother's interests above your own. It's by choosing the needs of your sister in Christ ahead of your own needs, your own interests. Jesus said, the only way to find your life is to lose it. He who seeks to save his life will lose it. He who seeks or you know, loses his life for my sake will find it, Jesus said. Outside influences can so easily creep into the church and into the heart of a follower of Jesus. You may have already given your life to Jesus, but the enemy isn't going to give up on you. He'll entice you with temporary pleasures of things around you, things that don't really line up with Jesus and living for the kingdom of heaven. They may seem fun for now, but they'll never give you the life you're searching for. Don't let Satan's enticements distract you. Come back to Jesus regularly and live for the plans he has for you. Thanks for joining Pastor Robert today in this study of the New Testament book of 1 Corinthians on Main Thing Radio. If you'd like to learn more about this ministry, please visit our website, mainthingradio.com. Listen to additional teachings by clicking on Podcast or download our mobile app to take Main Thing Radio with you on the go. You can even find us on social media. 
Come follow our Facebook and Twitter accounts to keep up to date with everything that's happening at Main Thing Radio and Calvary Chapel Miami Beach. You'll find links to our social media sites at MainThingRadio.com. With that, our time with you has come to an end. We pray you continue to seek Jesus each and every day. And we invite you to join us next time as Pastor Robert continues to teach through the book of 1 Corinthians, right here on Main Thing Radio.